Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. We are focusing now in our second series of the year on the family. And this morning we're talking about building a better home. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) And we're going to be talking about rules, roles, and responsibilities. And they are important. You ever pull out a board game? You know, you got family or friends together and you pull out a board game and you haven't played it in a number of years. That's when the fights break out. Because, oh, you can only move two spaces. No, it says you can move three if you land on red, but you landed on blue. That doesn't matter because we've always played it that way. You ever been there? It's an annual affair in the lives of the McMorris family. That it, just, it just happens that way. And, and it tells you, you know, what do you do? You, you go to the rules. Usually they're on the back of the lid or the cover, whatever it is, the top, you know. Or there's maybe, and, and it's important. And you read the rules. And then everybody says, oh, okay, okay, th- these are the rules. Now, we might not like rules, or even roles, or even responsibilities, but they're essential. And it could be that your marriage, your family, is having all kinds of problems because nobody's taking time to pay attention to the rules, the regulations, or the, or the roles, or the responsibilities. There needs to be a grown-up there that'll say, look, we got the rule book right here. The roles are specified right here. The responsibilities are laid out right here. And when you learn to play by God's rules for the family, then you're going to find your family in a much more happy situation, content situation. And we got to be careful as Christians because when we see so many dysfunctional families around us, we're liable to just assume, well, that's the way it is. And we're not divorced, so, you know, we'll just endure to the end. That's not what God intended. Now, I'm very realistic. I do a lot of marriage coaching these days, and I enjoy doing it. It's one of the hardest things I do, but it's at the same time one of the best things I do. And I want people to understand that, yeah, you're, you're two sinners that have come together for life. You live together, and yeah, there's going to be a bad day occasionally. But when there's more bad days than good days in your relationship, that's a problem. And it doesn't have to be that way. And and if your children are a source of frustration and anger, which they can be on occasion, but when it's that way more often than not, you got a problem. And that is not God's plan for your family. So this morning, let's talk about building a better home, looking at the rules, the roles, and the responsibilities. And I promise you, money-back guarantee on this message. If you will start living this, it will make a positive difference in your marriage and in your home. Guaranteed. Let's go back to the beginning, all the way back to Genesis. This is where it all started. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 21. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, 
and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Since it was God who established, and as we say, ordained marriage, it is God who then has every right to set forth the rules and the responsibilities. Now, because we're sinners and because we live in a sin-cursed world, doesn't mean that marriage is going to be easy. Love isn't easy. Here's, here's a quote. Love isn't always perfect. It isn't a fairy tale or a storybook. And it doesn't always come easy. Love is overcoming obstacles, facing challenges, fighting to be together, holding on and never letting go. It is a short word, easy to spell, difficult to define, and impossible to live without. Love is work, but most of all, love is realizing that every hour, every minute, and every second was worth it because you did it together. And let me say this at the beginning. Maybe you have already experienced a failed marriage where we're not preaching to make you feel guilty. My point today is that kids not make those same mistakes in the future with their marriage, and whatever marriage you're in today, you are committed to it. And God is going to bless you as you look to him for guidance. So God established marriage. It's not man's idea, it's God's idea. And thankfully, God gave us the rules, the roles, and the responsibilities. Another quote. A good marriage isn't something you find, it's something you make, and you have to keep on making it. And that is so true. You have to work at it. And it takes both a husband and wife to have humble hearts and humble spirits and to be able to work together to have the kind of marriage that God can bless and can be a little bit of heaven here on earth. So let's start with rules this morning. The Bible establishes definite rules about marriage, and if you don't understand them, and if you're not both agreeable that you're going to abide by them, you're going to find yourself in trouble. But first of all, it's important for us to know the importance of rules, okay? People in America, this day, they don't like rules. You know, we we don't want to be told what to do or anything, but there are rules for marriage. Understand the importance of rules. Let me just share this with you, this little bit of information. One writer said, When you want to ask your teacher a question during class, what do you do? Do you simply shout out your question as soon as it enters into your mind? Or do you instead raise your hand and wait until the teacher calls your name? If you politely raise your hand first, it's probably because your teacher has a rule that states that that's what you're supposed to do when you have an answer to the question or when you have a question. Can you imagine what it would be like if everyone could simply talk whenever they wanted during class? What if everyone could simply get up and do whatever they wanted to do during class? Do you think much learning would take place? Instead of an orderly, peaceful learning environment, a classroom without rules would be chaotic. Just imagine what life would be without any rules. What if anyone was allowed to take anything they wanted, including your stuff? 
What if people were allowed to drive their cars on sidewalks? Where you ride your bike? If there are no rules to follow, things could get chaotic and dangerous. And it's for that reason that the Lord set down rules for marriage. So that your marriage wouldn't be chaotic. And so that your marriage wouldn't, you wouldn't be in danger of losing that marriage. So let's look at just three rules for marriage to begin with this morning. Number one, and this may be the most important of them all, marriage is a lifetime commitment. Marriage is a lifetime commitment. That is a rule. And hopefully you understood that when you got married. I explain that to young people. I counsel before their marriage. You make sure when you say your vows that you understand this is for life. And when we say for better or for worse, guess what? We're not joking. You know, it, you know it's not, well, okay, now I opt out. No, no, it's for life. Mark 10, verse number 6. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. And then he says, what therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. No man, or it could be no woman, either one, no man or no woman can put asunder. Not not even the husband, not even the wife. It is a lifetime commitment. I can't tell you how important it is for you to understand that role and live that role. I I have debated whether to share this with you, but I I am. Shortly after Sharon and I got married, we were young. I was foolish. I was stupid. And things got really hard in our marriage. And this is before our kids were born. I mean, we're, we're in our 20s, okay? This is going... I, this goes way back to the last century. <laughs> it's literally true. This is back in the last century. And things got really tough. And look, I appreciate you young couples because it, it gets tough for you too. And it was tough for us. And in my mind, I justified leaving that lady. I, I, you know, We hadn't had any children. So, hey, not going to be any, you know... Damage, what, what's, what's and, and collateral damage, yeah, there won't be any collateral damage, and, and I could justify it, she's such a hard head anyway, you know, she's not going to change, Lord, so let's just go ahead and get it over with. I could justify it, folks, but I couldn't get past one thing. I made a vow. I couldn't get past that. And I thank God that I didn't. Because I am married to the most wonderful woman in the world. And I tell her that all the time. She wouldn't, you know. I can't imagine if Satan had gotten involved while we were young and I was foolish and it was mostly on me. And Sharon not in my life today? It could have happened. But there was a vow that I couldn't get, I could, in my mind, I could justify everything. But I stood there at that altar at Central Baptist Church, 5050 Greenville Street, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and said, for better or for worse. And folks, that's the purpose of the vow right there. 
That's the value of the vow. That when things get hard, and they can get hard, and when you start justifying reasons to leave, you will never justify before God leaving your spouse. That is a rule. And you will thank, and, and you will grow, and you will learn, and you will improve. You will grow in, and you will mature as a person. You will mature as a Christian. Hopefully, your spouse will mature as a person, mature as a Christian. You'll you'll get the kids raised, and and it'll be so good, and you'll be so thankful that you had that vow, and it held you together. That's rule number one. Rule number two. Marriage has a chain of command. Okay, Marriage, when you have the, the, the husband and, and the wife and the children, it's not every man for himself. It's not that everybody is, is, is co-equal in, in responsibilities or in leadership. There is a chain of command. Ephesians 5.22, and it says it in other places in the Bible, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. The chain of command, God, the husband, the wife, and the children. And none are superior in God's eyes. It's just different leadership roles, which are necessary. It's necessary in business for people to know who the boss is. I mean, otherwise you're going to have a chaotic, all the employees are going to do whatever they want. No, the boss said this. That's important. It's just simply for organization. In business, you've got to have roles. Everybody got to know who the boss is, who's the manager, who's the employee. You know, you, that just makes sense. In the military, you, you, you've got the general or the admiral, and you, and you go down the list. Is, is, the, is the private any less valuable than the general? No. I mean, in God's eyes, I'm talking about there. They're both created in his image. But you, you're going to have chaos if you don't have some chain of command. Now, by God stating that the, the man is the head of the home and the wife is to submit, listen, men, let me, let me challenge you. That doesn't give you, uh, that doesn't make you the dictator of the home. You know, you are supposed to be a loving thoughtful, caring uh, uh, husband that, that a wife admires and trusts. And you have enough sense to know that you married a wonderful woman and you value her opinion. And before you make an important decision, you're going to ask her, honey, what do you think? Now, that's kind of leadership. I've seen men use this verse to beat their wives over the head. He's a jerk and he's just going, you got to submit to me because the Bible says so. What an idiot. No, a man, a man that's doing his job doesn't even have to reference this verse. A man that's doing his job, a wife is just, she, she loves him, she trusts him. He's, he's wise, he's godly, he's thoughtful, he's considerate, he's affectionate. She's happy to follow him. And they understand that chain of command. And listen, you get that chain of command out of order, you think you know better than God? You say, well, what if my husband isn't doing it? Listen, we have special coaching available for you, okay? And we can, you know, there there can be individual tensions here. Yeah, but what if he's this and what? I I understand it. I get it. I've done enough marriage coaching now to to understand all of that. And and you can fix it. But if you want to know how's it supposed to be, God, husband, wife, children, 
And it doesn't mean that any one of them is superior in value or any one of them is inferior in worth. It's just a simple chain of command to bring order to the marriage, order to the home. So marriage is a lifetime commitment. Marriage is a chain of command. And next, number three, marriage requires you to meet your, marriage requires you meet your spouse's needs. In Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18, and the Lord God said, it is good, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him a helper. Man by himself was not complete, and God saw that. He, he needed something, someone. And that would hold true if the wife was created first, that she would be incomplete. And there are certain needs that a man has that his wife is supposed to understand and willingly meet. And there are certain needs that a woman has that a man needs to know what those are and then meet those needs. I tell you, the couples that are having the most problems in any church, anywhere, are those that don't understand that. And they just get frustrated. Ah, men. You know, men. They're all like this. Men, men, men. That's all they think about. That's all they do. And men get together and women. They're just... And then you go to a marriage coaching class, and you say, listen, your wife isn't weird. This is the way God made them. They are different from you. And, and, and wives, your husband isn't weird. This is the way God made And you see the lights go on, and, they, and you show them from Scripture the, these different needs that each of them have. I said, when you start meeting each other, when you understand each other's needs, and you start meeting those needs, guess what? You're going to be... Like you're young and dating again. It's going to be fun to get with your wife, fun to get with your husband. It's going to put that spark back into marriage. Now, let me add, this is an announcement I'm making in the middle of a message. It's been a while since I've done it, but I'm going to offer, in the next month or two, the three-couple, six-week marriage coaching class. Now, if you need personal help with your marriage. I can meet with you during the week. We make an appointment, and I'll meet with you, and we'll go through the, the same material that I use that I have such confidence in these days. But for those of you that have never taken uh, the course that we offer, the six-week course, it, it's featuring uh, Dr. Willard Harley. I think he's got the best material out there, bar none. It's a six-week course. I'm going to start offering that occasionally on Sunday morning during Sunday school where you can sneak out of Bob's class or whoever's class and just come take that for six weeks, and it'll be three couples at a time, okay? And if you've never taken that class or you need a refresher course in that class, then uh, you, you let me know. But we'll, we'll, we'll have more about that. And in that class, we teach specifically, hey, husband, here's something you're not aware of. The average woman has these needs, and it's like the light goes on. I said, okay, I just thought my wife was weird. No, 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 no. That's, that's the way God made them. And for the wife, listen, these are the average needs of the average man. I just thought he was weird. No, he, well, maybe a little, but still, you know, you, you, and it's like the light goes on. And it just, it just makes sense. So uh, you, you need to understand to meet your spouse's need. Marriage requires, that's one of the rules. And I tell you when you get frustrated when those needs aren't being met. When a man's needs aren't being met, I mean, that's like adding gas to the fire. When a woman's needs aren't being met, 
That's like adding gas. But most people don't even understand that. They just make jokes about, well, women are just weird. No, they are different than men, and men are different than women. Here's a great quote. A loving marriage doesn't happen by accident. It's deliberate, it's intentional, it's purposeful, and in the end, it's worth it. If you need marriage coaching individually, please, please, please see me. Those are the rules. Then there are roles. What are the roles? It's important for you to know your role. Men and women do not have the same roles in life by God's design. And if you don't understand that, you and her, you know, you and him, you're going to be frustrated. If you understand it, you're going to be way ahead of the game. I read this in the Harvard Business Review about roles. This writer says, throughout most of my career, I've made a big mistake in the way I've led teams and wouldn't be surprised if you have too. Which is more important to promoting collaboration? A clearly defined approach toward achieving the goals or clearly specified roles for individual team members? The common assumption, and my personal approach for many years, is that carefully spelling out the approach is essential while leaving the roles of individuals with the team open and flexible and that'll encourage people to share ideas and contribute in multiple dimensions. But our research has shown that the opposite is true. Collaboration improves when the roles of individual team members are clearly defined and well understood. In fact, when individuals feel their role is um, bounded in ways that allow them to do significant portion of their work independently... Without such clarity, team members are likely to waste energy negotiating roles or protecting turf rather than focusing on the task. And what that individual is saying is his life experience in a company is it's very important for his employees to understand their roles. And when they understand their roles, they're going to be more productive. When they don't understand their roles, it creates all kinds of infighting and all kinds of problems. And that carries over into the home as well. What are the roles of the husband? Well, there's lots of roles. Let's just focus on the two primary roles of the husband. First of all, The role of the husband is to be the provider for the family, as a rule. That doesn't mean a wife can't or shouldn't work outside the home, but the husband should see it as his primary role to be the provider. In fact, 1 Timothy 5, 8 says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. One of the main responsibilities of the husband is simply to be the provider. And in my marriage coaching, where that isn't done, then that does create problems. Because one of the needs of a wife is that that husband be a provider. And when he is not, let's just say he's lazy or he can't hold down a job or whatever it might be, that's going to create problems in the home. A husband has to accept his role to be provider. And number two would be the protector of the family. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Christ sacrificed himself for the church. Husbands should be willing to sacrifice themselves for their wives to be the protector of the wife. So the roles of the husband are to be the provider, the primary roles anyway, to be the provider and the protector. And if you think about it, that, you know, modern day society would dispute this. Modern day society would call me archaic for preaching such a thing or teaching such a thing. But common sense says, 
Look at the way men are built as opposed to women. Just physically. Who can go out and work the ground all day? Back when it was more manual labor, or you were behind a team of horses with a plow. Some frail uh, lady. I mean, this is the way God designed people. Let's just, when you accept it and understand it, you're going to be so much better off. Don't worry about all the political correctness out there and what they're going to try to brainwash you with. Don't even listen to that junk. The, 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 the role of the husband as a provider and a protector is just common sense if you just look at the anatomy differences, which brings us to the wife. And again, the anatomy differences. The primary roles of the wife are nurturer. Proverbs 31.15, She riseth also while it is yet nine, and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. And she's also a teacher. Proverbs 31.26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Just look at the anatomy of a woman, and in giving birth, and the feeding of that child when he's young. I mean, he's got to be, or she's got to be with her mother. I mean, it's just, that's the way God made it. And, and of course, she's going to be the nurturer. And she holds that child, and she feeds that child, and she's with that child, so she's going to be teaching that child. And it's great wisdom on your part and your family for the husband to realize and accept and and relish in his role as the protector and the provider. And that's not to say that he's not going to have roles as nurturer or or teacher. You know, we're we're not defining it that clearly. But primarily the husband is a provider and a protector. And primarily uh, the, the wife is a nurturer and the teacher. And primarily because of anatomical differences speak to that issue as well, which leads, uh, leads us into the child. And the child has two primary roles too. One, to obey. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. In the very next verse, it says to honor. Honor thy father and thy mother. Children's roles are to obey and to honor their parents. And it's very important for children to understand. It's very important for parents to understand that. Too many parents try to be their kid's best friend, to be one of their buddies. No, God didn't ordain you to be a buddy or a best friend. Of course, you love your child. But a wise parent knows that this child is small, he's not developed, he's not developed physically, he's not developed cognitively, he's still learning, he's making mistakes, he's doing dumb things, and it's my responsibility when I tell him, don't touch that electrical socket there, that he obey me, and and that he has the right attitude and he honors me. So... Folks, this goes against the grain of everything you hear on Oprah, everything you hear you know, on so many TV shows. This is not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. And you can choose. You can choose, which leads us to the last, responsibilities. The importance of responsibilities. Let me introduce it with this little bit of information. Someone's irresponsibility can be not only irritating when a person does not cope or does not want to cope with the duties, but in some cases it can be dangerous. Talk about irresponsibility. There are certain kinds of jobs which demand a personal responsibility. Jobs where a lack of responsibility can lead to tragic consequences or even to catastrophe. Let us imagine a situation when a student was to write an essay, but he did not manage to complete the task in time. A professor would definitely call the student irresponsible 
In this case, there is no damage from irresponsibility except for the student's own personal uh, character or lack thereof. But let's also imagine another situation. An employee of a nuclear power plant was not attentive enough, pushed the wrong button, and led to an explosion. This catastrophe, caused by a lack of responsibility, has terrible consequences. It can damage not only the environment, but also can take people's lives. Of course, these examples are exaggerated, but the last one shows how much more important responsibility is. In a family, there are responsibilities of the family members. We talked about the different roles that uh, husbands and wives have, but now as we talk about responsibilities, we're talking about shared responsibilities, principles in God's word that apply to both, both the husband and the wife. And if both of you buy into this, boy, your marriage is going to be blessed. But if either one of you is just hard-headed or lazy or whatever the problem might be, it's going to make marriage so much more difficult. Let's just look at three responsibilities. There's lots of responsibilities. We'll just, I, I selected three that I think, in my experience coaching so many couples, that I think are like paramount. These are critical. There's lots more. We'll just look at three. Number one, couples have a responsibility to demonstrate patience. It's very important to be patient with your spouse. I'm glad Sharon was patient with me when I was young and Sorry, I say when I was young and stupid, when I was stupider. I guess I still have some stupid, but I appreciate her pay. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. That's a synonym for patience, forbearing one another in love. Well, if that would apply to God's people in general, that certainly applies to God's people as far as their roles as husbands and wives. But to be patient. You married a sinner. She married a sinner. There's going to be, there's going to be bounce, you know, there's going to be potholes in the road of, of life along the way. And it's important to be patient. If patience wasn't necessary, the Lord wouldn't have had to say, look, you're, you're committed to, for life. Let no man put this asunder. I mean, if you're not going to be tempted to do that, he doesn't have to put that in there. He puts that in there because you're going to be tempted. And you're going to be tempted, which means you need to be patient with one another. And patience is one of the hardest attributes for us to develop in our lives. I know it certainly is for me. But it is so important that you be patient. You may be, you know, one spouse may progress at a faster rate of maturity than the other spouse. The other spouse may never develop in, in maturity. The Bible addresses that. We'll be looking at that next Sunday. But nonetheless, you have to be patient with one another. You may be, you may be more spiritually mature. You, you don't understand what's going on in the other person's life, so patience is critical. Number two, couples have a responsibility to demonstrate forgiveness. To demonstrate forgiveness. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We've been forgiven by the Lord. One of the worst mistakes you can make is to hold on to past hurts. One of the worst mistakes you will ever make in your life is to not forgive your spouse. That's one of the worst. And, and that will often lead to bitterness and it will eat you like a cancer. I have seen people come through this church that I have felt at the time and still are bitter people. 
And it's a horrible thing to watch. It is a horrible, in my professional opinion as a pastor, I have seen people come through here, and if you were to ask me as a shepherd of this flock, I have had to say in the past, that is a bitter individual. And it's led to, a, and, it, and it's caused primarily by a lack of forgiveness. Yes, they were done wrong. No doubt about that, they were done wrong. But they've never been able to forgive. And it's a horrible thing. In a marriage, your spouse is going to be human, going to make mistakes. You've got to be willing to forgive And number three, couples have a responsibility to demonstrate respect for one another. Treat each other with respect. Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Treat one another with respect. I tell couples in my marriage coaching all the time, I said, we'll get on our kids quickly. Don't talk to your brother like that. Don't hit your sister. That was ugly what you said to your brother. That's ugly what you said to your sister. We do not talk that way to one another. And then the husband and wife will be at each other's throat far worse than those kids ever were. Can't do that. Can't do that. That's just the way I am. Well, that's not the way God wants you. And it may take some hard work to learn to control your tongue and to control your temper and to control your anger. It's a sign of the grace of God when you grow in that area and you learn to treat your spouse with respect. You don't make demands. You don't cuss them out. You treat them with respect. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. It'd be great if there's anybody in this room that struggles in this area. If you have, could you have the capacity to go home tonight and say, look, let's have a talk. This has gotten out of control. You can still have your differences, but respect one another. And you learn, rather than yell at each other, you negotiate. You, you talk through them. Here's, here's my thoughts why I think we ought to do this. Or here's my thoughts on how we ought to do that. What do you think? And you talk, and you, you, you don't lose your cool. And you say, well, that can't happen in our home. Well, sure it can. That's what God, God's in the business of changing us and growing us. I like this quote, marriage is meant to keep people together. Not just when things are good, but particularly when they are not. That's why we take marriage vows, not marriage wishes. Be thankful for your marriage vow. And somebody in the marriage has to play the grown-up and get with the other one and say, look, let's sit down and talk. Things are getting out of hand. We need to get back to the rules, the roles, and the responsibilities. And see God bring peace and and a greater harmony into that marriage. You're still human. You're still going to have your spats. I live with a very difficult woman to this day. But God's grace has gotten me. (laughs) Maybe it's the other way around. (laughs) I I mean, what I'm saying is, Sharon, we're human. We can still have spats. you know. But those spats ought to be spaced out real far and they ought to be real shallow. There may be some people in this room who the spats are like every day and they're really deep. 
that can change. And let me say this, and I'll close. Based on experience. I don't care how bad it is. Okay? I don't care how bad it is in your marriage right now. It can be fixed. I believe that with all my heart. You, if, if you think there's no hope for our marriage, please come and see me. Please come and see me. I've seen God do some wonderful things, some great things. So if you think there's no hope, there's hope. And I don't care how bad it's been or for how long it's been bad. God can do some wonderful things. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.